Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a 20-minute high-intensity episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the themes of the day. Hello and welcome to Current and Critical. I'm here for another episode with another good friend of mine. I'm so spoiled. I get to have fantastic conversations with people I hold in incredibly high regard. Good morning, Mr. Jim Dennehy. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic, Jim. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to join me today on the show and to talk about something that I think is incredibly important, is leadership during COVID, or simply put, during a time of crisis. And Jim, I've known you for many years as a coach, a catalyst for change. Uh, when I first came to, met you, to, to know you, I was introduced to you as the retired military leader, ex-wing commander at Cold Lake, extensive experience with multiple organizations of all types of, of, of scale and scope. And I uh, I felt that the, the military background felt so relevant right now because this does feel like we're under siege. It does feel like we're constantly under fire. And as leaders, it's it's very real. And your perspective and your background, I think, can be beneficial to all of us as we you know dodge the bullets and continue to move forward. So maybe kind of dive in right there and let's just start with you know your views on kind of what's happening, the impact on leaders, kind of what, what you're seeing in your coaching practice. Yeah, I'm seeing, um, I mean, I listen to your opening comments and wondering if there's any more sort of warlike uh, analogies we can drop into the midst of the, uh, of the intro or whatever, but I'm sure that's what, that's what people are feeling like, you know, and to a certain extent, uh, the, what I'm seeing, I guess, is probably not surprising for Canadians writ large is that, you know, Canadians have never been to war. They've never felt this kind of pressure, certainly, you know, across the front, if you will, for everyone the the pressures the challenges the you know the the forced changes the the demands that are being placed upon everyone the fear the anxiety the you know and not not just business related but you know across every every aspect of life and so it's uh, it's demanding a great deal of leaders as they try and figure out holy smokes you know what's uh, how will i react how will i step into this will i step into this uh, what are the priorities how do we move forward? They're, we're testing folks in ways that they've never been tested. That is so real because oftentimes if you're having a challenge in your business, you can go home to, oh, things are good at home. I can be you know, at peace there and I can have my little break. And uh, sometimes we bring that stress with us. Uh, but the, right now we are home. We are dealing with families that are under pressure, the the cat, the dog, the kids running around, uh, the business under under fire. And I think the biggest challenge I know for me is having no optics on the future. Like I was talking to some of the day, they're like, wow, oh, we kind of know what a year and two, one to two years looks like, but we have no idea what one to two months looks like. And that unknown for myself, I don't know any any thoughts on how you've been approaching that or with some of the, you know, obviously your coaching clients and how they've been dealing with just the sheer lack of clarity that we have right now as as humans? Yeah. And so I think, I mean, you know, when we see it, we see it writ large. I mean, you see lots of modeling going on and so on. We, I guess I would challenge you to say that, I mean, we think we know what it's going to look like in one to two years. <laughs> but, Touché. I mean, three months, three months ago, we didn't know what this looked like. And so, you know, my invitation to folks is first and foremost, uh, focus on the present moment because that's, that's, that's the only instant of certainty that we really have in terms of what's going on. And so it's, it's critical for you to find a way to say, look, uh, don't ignore this moment in the hopes of, you know, the, the clouds parting and the sun shining in six months or eight months or whatever. You need to, you need to deal with this and, and stay focused on this moment while you, you know, continue obviously to plan and prepare for, for the future that we want to construct. 
Being in the being in the moment and being present of what what can I've heard, I've read a few articles of like what can you do right now like what thing can you have the impact on like actually in the moment and I think it's so I, I think as humans that's a bit of a crisis sometimes we all have of sometimes we live in the past and sometimes we live in the future and living in the moment seems so so elusive and challenging if you get back to just mindfulness and some of those practices around we have we have mutual friends that are yoga yoga enthusiasts and meditate and that quest to live in the moment I think that's something we're challenged with as individuals outside of all these things. So it's certainly you, you, it always feels like it's the nirvana of being in the moment. And right now that's kind of all we have from what you said. That's a, that's a powerful way to think about that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, despite, despite, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tragedy unfolding. There's a lot of sadness unfolding, you know, both respect to life and especially with respect to so many businesses and so on that folks have, uh, you know, have spent their lifetime building and constructing and, and investing their, you know, everything that is so personal to them into that. You know, on the other hand, there's a lot of beauty that's unfolding too. And I think that's, that's the essence of grabbing what's grabbing this moment in terms of saying, you know, uh, whether we call them coworkers, you know, the kids that are running around in the background or whatever the case might be, but they're for so long, we've probably, you know, in, in many instances longed for the time to devote to many of the things that we suddenly have the time to do. And, and so, you know, my invitation to folks too, is to think, yes, there's, there's a lot of challenges that we're all facing some terribly tragic. There's a lot of good that's unfolding too. And whether you examine that good in the, from the viewpoint of, of life or business, uh, you know, it's really important for you to spend some time consciously reflecting on that. And, you know, as we do come out the backside of this, okay, what part of this moment, you know, this time with my spouse or my children or, you know, to, to focus on those studies or whatever they might have been, what I want to create some boundaries around and make sure that they that I can hang on to those because I've actually probably wanted a big part of that. And certainly they're, they're very much available to me. I, I think that's a really interesting concept of, you know, to, to never, to, you know, never waste a good crisis, something that I've heard around the executive table many times. And I think that can, that can show up in different ways, but you're right. We're being forced to learn new behaviors that, I, I agree with you. Shouldn't be left behind when the dust settles, or we're like, oh, we're just going to go back to you know the quote, you know, a, a saying that I don't love right now is this new normal concept. I, I don't even know what that means. Actually, I find it really kind of silly. It's driving me nuts. But you know, how do you, or I guess, what what advice do you give somebody right now to because it's all being jammed together so intently, and you're like you're in your home, some people are working at their kitchen tables, like those are realities. As a as a leader, as an individual, I keep saying leaders. We're just we're just ha- we're humans having a, a human experience, and sometimes we're in leadership roles. Thoughts on balancing that or thoughts on creating a little bit of that when it is all thrown into the, the mixing bowl right now? Yeah, so there's a couple of techniques that I can offer and they're, they're you know, hugely powerful for you as a leader, even even with your family. And so the first, you know, I mean, just write down these four words if you want to play and just put, you know, it's drama, acknowledge, choose, and opportunities. And so, you know, first of all, as a leader, you need to extricate yourself from the drama. You need to, you know, trust in yourself and your resilience and your own capacity, your own potential that, you know, perhaps is being tested like never before. But you need to extricate yourself from the drama because your people are looking to you for steadiness, for consistency, for trustworthiness in these times of, uh, you know, of crisis, of you know, dramatic change and upheaval. And so, you know, you, you got to find the peace within yourself and step away from that noise and find the strength that I'm confident is there 
that you need to just perhaps discover because as we said earlier many have never been tested this way acknowledge what's going on you know that i mean it doesn't mean that you accept it from the viewpoint of liking it but you acknowledge the circumstances in which we find ourselves and i mean it, it is period you know it it is and so you know from that viewpoint then you can begin to choose who am I going to be? How am I going to react to what's going on? What's, you know, again, consciously reflect on, uh, you know, uh, how am I, how do I see myself? How do I need to be? I can choose how I need to be in this moment in order to create the greatest degree of confidence for those who are working for me, who I'm leading, uh, what's going on. And, you know, and then when you start to take a look at the opportunities, all right. So, I mean, this, we assume, we hope, we pray, it will pass, but irrespective of, you know, what we hope and choose, uh, there will be opportunities that will emerge. And that's, you know, which ones do I want to focus on? Will the business model survive? Will, are there, you know, are there, is there noise emerging that I, that I absolutely need to deal with? And, you know, so what are the opportunities? Where am I going to focus and how do I move forward? And so that, you know, I think it's a very simple model, but it's one that can be extremely effective to help you just sort of, just chill, you know. Like I, I understand we're in the midst of where I understand we're in the midst of a crisis, but it calls for, uh, you know, collected, rational, conscious thought in terms of how you're, how you're going to move through this. I love that framework. So, so if everyone, please, I'm, I wrote it down on my sheet of paper, and I'm going to go. I think I'm, I think I'm going to make a flashcard out of it because every situation I think that I'm in could could yield all four of those opportunities. It's so interesting. I know myself over the last five weeks, uh, being connected with a lot of different leaders, having kind of conversations like this, I, I ran into some, I, I encountered a few leaders that were in the drama stage and they didn't really want to acknowledge. They like, I had one person say, well, I didn't want to do my, my worst case scenario forecasting because it was kind of negative and made me depressed. So I just left it. I was like, wow, that like that was their place and I get it. And it, But for myself, once I got some of that modeling done, I was like, okay, I've acknowledged this. I'm choosing to see where we can make this better. And then some opportunities came out of it. But if you can't get past, if you're stuck in the drama cycle, the other three, you never get to the opportunities, which is I would say if, uh, there's some lightness that comes with me in the last two, for sure, the choose versus uh, opportunities. Yeah, and it's it's extremely important to understand that you know yes you, you know you are going through your own stuff at the same time, but the most critical aspect of leadership is to instill confidence in those who you're privileged to lead, and so you know and you believe me, your people, you know it, it's like rotting fish, you know they can smell <laughs> fear, you know Ouch, if you that, are, that, that was very visceral and healthy. Well, it's meant to be, you know, and, and that's, yeah. the, that's the importance of finding that depth within yourself to ensure you can lead your people. Because, you know, if, if you're mumbling and fumbling and clearly anxious and, and let's be frank, if you are unworthy of leading them and instilling confidence, then things are going to go downhill very quickly. So it's really important for you, as you know, as I say, to, you know, to, to look inside, to find that strength, because I know it's there and you know it's there. You've perhaps never had to really dig for it before, but it is there. And it's, you know, the, the biggest secret then too is to say, don't, don't try and be profound. Don't try and, you know, be the, 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 the he or the she at the pulpit. Just be you because you're in that leadership position for a reason and just be you. That's what people are looking for. 
I think that's such good advice. I think sometimes we've been we've been so influenced by like the Hollywood version of what a leader should be and the charge in and the like you say the pound your chest. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I certainly people that I've worked with, the people that have mentored me, it's not about copying someone else's style, but about finding your own and and doing that right now. It's challenging because you might have been thrust in it faster than you were ready. But that that is the the, the burden and the privilege of leadership all in one. Yeah, and and re- go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm processing your thoughts. It's- yeah, so it, it, it is about trusting yourself, and it's finding finding that depth. And if you, you know, if you look at some of these these simple techniques, like I said, in terms of, you know, just finding presence, you know, breathing, settling yourself down, uh, you know, calling upon the resilience that that is there, uh, you will do fine. And it's it's just a matter of allowing that to surface because it's in there may you know perhaps it needs to be coached out of you or or whatever but i mean these are this is not a plug by any stretch i'm i'm just saying you know go look in the mirror and take a few deep breaths and recognize that 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 depth and that beauty and that quality of of caring it's in there you just need to you just need to be authentic and let it surface it's such and and again not to not to plug well I'm going to plug coaching in general because I think it's hugely valuable. Have you seen an influx? Have you been because right now I think that uh, it, there's also a myth that you that you need to figure this out alone. I think that that's sometimes the the the, the macho aspect. And I don't mean that as male or female. They're like no, no, I got this. I'm not going to ask for help. I've always been a huge advocate of outside influences because you know at Clear Motive we joke you can't see the label when you're inside the bottle. As leaders, we are so inside of our own bottle we don't always see it. Have you been busier as a coach? Like are you finding people that you're in contact are they reaching out are they looking for that external perspective or just some just a conversation like this even yeah we're seeing i am seeing a little more but i think still you know there's a there's probably a reticence there's still a reluctance you know because again you know being the leader it's been programmed into us in so many ways means like i'm supposed to have all the answers i'm i'm the guy or i'm the gal i'm you know like i superhero syndrome yeah and it you know what it's okay to be human too but like sure when you're on the stage or in front of the microphone you're not looking to the to the wings to say what do i say next but you (laughs) you, yes you absolutely uh, can reach out and gain a great deal of perspective from folks too and it's not it's not like they're going to tell you or write the script for you they're going to uh probe and work with you to help you find that strength that is within to allow you to, to develop that, to evolve and develop that comfort far more quickly than you might have otherwise just by, by earning your own scars. You know, I think it was, you know, Aristotle talked about three, three ways to gain, to gain wisdom or to, to gain strength in your, in your leadership. One is through, you know, reading, study, and all the sort of standard practices, which, you know, which are cool, and you can take a lot of time doing that. You know, another is through experiential learning, which is like, banging your head on the brick wall and getting every scar you can imagine and and that obviously i've been through some of those <laughs> but it takes a fair it induces a fair bit of pain and the third obviously is to engage a, a coach or a mentor and and to work with that and to accelerate the way that it that it goes and so i mean i look at our you know most of the leaders that i know and they're big on option door number two you know doing it themselves and experiencing the pain rather than engaging and yet they'll go out and you know, spend thousands of dollars for the the power skating coach or the figure skating coach or you name it, whatever it might be. And it's, uh, there's no weakness in that. And especially during these times, there's no weakness in holding up your hand to say, man, I could really use to talk to somebody around some of the stuff that's going on just to help, help me, you know, uh, culture to nurture that, that presence that we talked about earlier. 
Well, I can certainly speak from experience. I, I, I like all three. I've definitely leaned on the third option, but I'll also be blunt. Right now, we don't. You, you barely have time for number one. Reading and study, it's kind of you're on the battlefield now. It's too Agreed. late. Yeah. Experiential, the consequences are too high of, of not instilling confidence or not being there to rally your team. Because let's be honest, each week feels like a quarter in business terms. Like as we go through, we're in week five, and I think there's leaders and businesses in all kinds of different cycles. Yeah. But I know myself, uh, even this conversation right now, I'm going to walk away learning and taking away from something that I might have to spend half a day reading, or it just absorbs differently. And I'm yeah. a huge advocate of coaching and if anyone takes that away like don't try and do it you don't need to do it alone that actually is not a badge of honor it's actually a little bit uh, it's, it's a limiting belief and my, again I'm being very opinionated on this because I've been beat up by coaches for years and I'm thankful for it every time you being one of them actually <laughs> to be full transparent yeah there's another you know quick little technique I'd love to mention for folks too that you know maybe can throw it on their scratch pad for a nice a nice takeaway if they if they want to play with it it's you know I sort of refer to this often as an expansion reduction where if you if you are if you find yourself okay we've we've done our best to trying to you know get out of the drama and just get into that acknowledged state and now you know I guess my my ask of you would be to sit down and write you know four at most five very short concise sentences about you know the the nature of the challenges that you're facing what what are they you know and and I'm and I'm sincere when I say concise like don't uh, we're not talking about a thesis here and you know once you've written those five then uh, take a real hard look at them you know synthesize them in your mind and then turn them into four and you don't get to you don't get to turn it into four by simply adding the fifth one on to one of the others you know it's it's about synthesizing and so we're going to go we're going to use that process starting possibly with five as i say and go five four three two one until you get to that last sentence that survives which is now the true essence of what you've captured from you know those five and if it's possible even to distill that down to a single word after the you know you get to the last sentence and that that single word becomes the essence of what you need to focus on and then when you when you blow that out and start to look at the opportunities going forward it it becomes hugely powerful for you then in terms of saying okay now again i i've i've diminished the cacophony the array of things that are out there that i'm struggling with into something that's been nicely distilled for me now let's let's focus and and when you start to lean in and communicate, you know, to the people that you're that you're leading, that becomes the essence of your uh, of your stated intentions moving forward. Here's, you know, here's okay. I, I get the noise, but you know what? Through all of that, there's there's one golden nugget, or there's one major thought piece, and and here's what it means, and here's how we're going to deal with that moving forward. And it, it really helps again to find a focal point about which to create confidence moving forward. I think that's such a powerful one, just as a one-to-one with yourself, how powerful that can be to get that clarity and be like, okay, yeah, now like back to choose and then opportunities. But if you think about leading a group of people, you stand up there as a leader and you give five relatively complex statements. These are our visions. These are our goals. Unfortunately, my experience, your team doesn't hear anything or they hear kind of their version of it, but then you go ask 10 people after and they all heard a different version. You go up there with one word and then you spend your time unpacking that word and giving them the understanding around it. Two days later, they all, or they go back to their spouse, go, I just got off a call with our CEO or leader or my manager, and this is what we're focusing on. Like how much that empowers people around you to then feel like it can be their word or their version of that word. I've learned that many times. It's even my, you know, in the world of marketing. And 
I'll, they'll rename nameless, but some clients are like, I want to tell my whole story on the billboard. I'm like, you've got like a couple seconds. Leadership is almost the same way. You've got that moment to just go, what's the most important thing? And you only get one choice. And that's hard to do. Like, but in these, in these times, we're being forced. I think that is the, that is the gold of what we're going through right now is we're being forced to do things differently because we don't have a choice. And that is a powerful change agent in itself. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we always have choice. Um, you know, at, at least if you don't, there's something else that you probably need to spend some time on. But, uh, you know, I, and I just want to, I just want to strongly agree with, with what you offered there in terms of, you know, the, the message and the focus, because in reality, as we know, people remember how you make them feel way less than what you say. And if you can, if you can find focus on that one word and, and communicate it and really be it in terms of the, Again, as we talked about exuding confidence, you know, not false confidence, but, you know, authentic approach to the way you're working with your folks, then you're going to have a lot more impact with them. Well, I, I think what you said, it's the prep. Like once you're, once you're on, like we'll just use the on the stage as the, as the metaphor, as the image. Once you're there, that work needs to have been long done before you get there. If you're walking up the aisle or, or clicking on the video, let's, let's be relevant to the times. You're clicking on your Zoom meeting or your Hangouts or your, Microsoft or your Teams or whatever, and you're, and you're about to figure it out in that moment. I will. I would argue that you've kind of almost failed because you haven't got yourself clear. And, and let's be honest, we can all smell that a mile away when somebody's I'm going to be blunt, kind of bullshitting ourselves because they feel like they're, they're bullshitting themselves. So of course it feels like they're bullshitting us <laughs> yeah. to be blunt. Well, and I, you know, again, I think it's calling upon leaders into, <clears throat> to go to places that they're perhaps they've not really spent a lot of time at because, you know, I mean, I had whatever, you know, I had the chain of command. I had the, the structure within the organization to, to feed the messages out and so on. But in, in these times, especially, you know, people, people want to see, the leader, you know, the, they want to see the skipper. And, you know, it, again, if I step back for a moment to the military side of life, you know, it's it fight like you train, train like you fight, you know, that, I mean, we're in, we're in the fight, as you talked about. And so, you know, a lot of the reason for discomfort is because I've not actually trained to be in a fight. I've, I've not, I've not, you know, I've not foreseen these circumstances. And admittedly, it's a 200 year event or we'll pick a number, you know, it doesn't matter. But when all is said and done, you know, I think that that's the invitation for us go forward too, is to understand that, you know, maybe I need to, I need to work a little harder on pushing the boundaries of resilience for all of my leaders in order to make sure that, you know, we can, we can deal with anything going forward. We can, we can respond, we can, we can react, we can be conscious of the circumstances we're in, we can make wise choices, we can see the opportunities moving forward, and, and we can choose which ones I want to pursue. And, and, and which ones we can leave behind. I think Absolutely. that the power of the, the choice, something I certainly, I know I've experienced and I've been on executive calls where there's no time before where now you find out whether those values you had bolted on the wall actually were the right ones or actually mean anything. Because when people get that we're working from home, we're remote, clients have intense demands, they're under stress, you're under stress. Your values, you find out really quickly if they hold up or if they are even like... I would argue, don't be shy to relook at those. And if they're true, bring them to the table, work them into conversation, create that as that backdrop for yourself as you operate as a leader, but give your team something to respond to. And if those, if they were just lip service, man, you're, you've, you've already found out, like you're not going to find out, you've already found out. <laughs> and I think you found out week one or two at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more strongly because you look at, you know, what's going on and, you know, in my life in the Air Force, I mean, we would, we, I mean, we had 
hugely decentralized execution when all is said and done, right? I mean, you do the kind of central planning, you allocate the the tasks and the missions and the targets and so on, but then, you know, you launch off and it's like, it's almost virtually 100% decentralized execution. And so if you don't, if you don't have the values, if you don't have the principles, if you don't have, you know, the, the doctrine, if you will, the, you know, the, the operating instructions, but they're not, they're not so rules based that it, it causes you to be devoid of independent thought. You know, it's like, uh, because we're seeing that at this moment, right? We we need to trust the resilience and the innovative skills of people and their ability to to make the very most of this too. And that's that's why it's so key to trust your people. You know, to and I, I, yeah, no, I really like the decentralized because I was listening to a podcast recently and it was a company they have 1,200 employees globally to completely decentralized and they don't call it work from home. They don't call it remote working. They don't call it teleworking. He actually kind of made fun of that term. He goes, it's decentralized workforce and that's what it's really about. And then here's, and he kind of had a top five of the ways you need to approach it. I never thought of it as, you know, when you're screaming around in your CF-18, uh, there's there you've got to have an operating system that's already been instilled long before you got in that cockpit of how you're going to operate, let alone even the mission parameters being even something different than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, and I, I used that uh, recently too, and talking about it, and sort of saying, okay, I'm screaming along at 500 knots, you know, 540 knots on an attack run, you know, basically covering nine miles a minute, so a mile every nine, ten seconds, and it's like there's not a lot of room in that to be distracted by the noise that's going on around me. I need to, I need to know what the focal point is, which is, you know, down track in terms of where I'm headed. And so, you know, I think, I think that's, that's what we're seeing. And and if I, you know, if I get taken out as, you know, to carry that analogy forward as some are in the midst of, you know, the, the COVID challenges at the moment, perhaps where they're, they're out for at least two weeks or God forbid that, uh, that we lose people who truly matter to us. But, you know, what's the resilience like in the organization? Are the principles strong enough for others to be able to step up and adopt that leadership position and, and move forward? Are the values strong enough? And, you know, I, th- I think the beauty around all of that is that, you know, there's a lot of companies that we could probably name that, you know, they spend a few minutes at the start of most meetings sort of saying, okay, well, let's have a good thing, you know, let's have a quick behavioral demonstration of somebody that really represented one of our values and somebody that didn't, you know, no names, no pack drill, but how do we strengthen this? And many, many, many folks look at that and sort of say, that's crap, you know, to use a technical <laughs> term. And <Yep. laughs> the truth is it isn't crap because in times like this, we have nothing else other than the integrity, the principles and the values that we've instilled in our, in our workforce and our families. No, and it's getting held up to task right away. And I think something, you know, we've been talking about this as an individual leadership perspective and how you show up, but certainly as a leader, never has it also been more important. I know I'm just speaking personally to rely and see what my other leaders, my managers, my business partners, my people that I rely on so heavily and how they step up and also being like, you're not in it alone either. You know, depending on the size of organization you have could be simple, complex, but unless you're a sole proprietor, you've got other people that are involved with you, letting them into the tent and letting them be part of your journey, but also understanding they're going through their journey as well. I, I can't I can't be everywhere, nor do I want to intend to be. And how am I setting up my leaders for success? And I think that's, again, never again has it been more prevalent that if you hadn't set them up for success and you're the micromanager or you're the superhero, swoop in and save the day, that is not holding together anymore. Like that has fallen apart like that left the building four weeks ago in my mind yeah and i i, I again you know i uh, i 
agree with you very strongly. And I take a look at, you know, what's unfolding in terms of, like, I think there was, I personally believe strongly there was a transition that was afoot anyways, in terms of, you know, I'm, pick a term transcendent leadership conscious leadership whatever we're talking about but you know I, I think the the workforces of today and certainly those that are that are coming on stream uh, have very different expectations around how you know what constitutes success in terms of the way a, a company can be run or, or the the product you know the the output you know and and it's not it's not about the bottom line alone any longer you know we need to we truly need to move past uh, looking at shareholders alone, and it's really got to be a focus on all stakeholders. And and I think people that are joining the workforce are choosing very consciously who they're going to work for, in terms of what the the prospects of that looks like. You know, if if I'm, you know, power based egotistical leader that kind of you know uses you got a job or you don't got a job as my power over you, and uh, you know most focused on the bottom line for the enrichment enrichment of you know perhaps self and shareholders. Uh, they're going to find someplace else to go. And, and I wouldn't blame them for a moment, frankly. No, I think that that, 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 that ruse gets seen through pretty quickly now. And I think even more as things are being held up, I think as we come out of this even more and, and the world is different, I, I won't call it the new normal, I'll call it whatever it's going to be, we don't know. But the level of transparency and the level of why am I doing this and what value am I adding or what, what are we doing to make the world better? I think that's going to become even more prevalent as we go forward if we're going to philosophize about the future a little bit. And I'm okay with that. I think that's that's going to be, like you said, I'm very bullish on this crisis because I think the change that was happening anyways is just going to happen faster. It's my favorite. Agreed. Yeah. Which is scary and exciting all at the same time. Well, it just is. <laughs> yes, it just is. Acknowledge, acknowledge. I got my little, I got my Jim, my Jim Denny approved checklist here. I'm going to use it. Just acknowledge and then choose and then look at the opportunities. So I'll leave uh, maybe after one more quick one in order to play with and think about two that I that I use often and, and is useful if you if you got a moment and we'll say please no, no, let's do it. So write a triangle. Just scribble a triangle out and then you know perhaps at the top write mission slash operations on. On the one side, doesn't really matter where, put reality. You know, on the other side, put affinity. And so... Uh, affinity, not not affinity? Affinity, yes. Okay. Affinity, uh, relationships, yep. slash. And so, you know, what I'm really strongly advising folks at the moment is to take a look at that and sort of say, where <clears throat> where are we? You know, like in mission and operations, I need, I need to ensure that I retain some focus on it. Clearly, it's challenged and it's stressed, but... You know, during these, this particular moment of crisis, uh, I probably want to overweight on the affinity side, uh, and that and that's and that's with respect to everyone. I need to look after my teams. I need to look after my people. I, I especially need to make sure that I'm acknowledging the fear and the anxiety that's that is very very real within them, and and so overreach on the affinity side of things. You know, I've worked with some companies where. Uh, they've established a small committee where they're literally reaching out to every single employee, you know, personally from, you know, senior leaders saying, you know, this is not a business conversation, Tyler, how are you today? Like, I just want to know how you and your family are doing. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, are you, uh, are things working out okay? Like, how, how can I help? And, you know, EAP is always there, but it's got to go deeper and be more sincere than EAP. It's it's like, you know what, I, I care about you as a human being. I care about the struggles and challenges you're facing, the anxieties. Uh, you know, how can I help you? 
on the reality front, then, you know, I think this stems into the quality of communications that you have always with your, with your folks and how transparent and authentic you are. Uh, do we actually share the same view of reality in terms of what's going on? Like at the front line, you know, even as I'm trying to still conduct operations, you know, and, and we see this discord in in reality today where it's like, oh, we have all the PPE we need. There's no problem whatsoever. And you get the people on the front line going, um, I don't think so. You know, there's a... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he, I don't know what he or she is talking about, but that's not my reality. And that disconnect totally. can really... I, that will dis. Oh, everything's going amazing, and everyone looks to their left, look to their right, or like, what company are they running? Because my life isn't amazing. Like that, that is really powerful. And I think um, fake optimism and fake everything shiny that can disconnect people from you. You got to be sincere as a leader. My God, people will see through your bullshit right away. Yeah, there's a difference between being optimistic and lying. And uh, <laughs> yes, there yeah. is. It seems like a clear line when you say those two words, but it, it gets blurry sometimes. And this is not the time yeah. for that. Yeah, and so you, you will be found out in a very short period of time. I find. Totally. Yeah. So as we exit this, or even in the midst of this, you know, it's it's about having a real, totally simple, clear, concise, real communications that ensure that you know, as a leader, you change you share the same view of reality as, as your people on the front lines, because otherwise you're deceiving each other and it's going to, it's going to break. There's no two ways about it. And so, uh, again, three simple little, uh, words there that, that can allow you to reflect deeply on, you know, what's, what's the state of affairs and how am I going to make the most of this or how I'm going to deal with this and, you know, to burn through the noise again so that you're, you're, you're truly sitting in the moment and dealing with the way you want to move forward. And as a leader, taking time to appreciate that there's other perspectives that aren't yours that might not be shared across the organization. And there's there's really no other way to find those out except just having conversations, being 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 human. Yeah. Connecting. Jim, well, yeah. you left us with a significant sorry, go ahead. I'm cutting you off. No, I was just gonna say being because they're not yours doesn't mean they're wrong. Because they're not yours means you better be listening because otherwise you're gonna you know, the, the folks the folks on the uh, on the front lines again you know to to use that analogy are gonna you're gonna they're gonna disconnect they're gonna disbelieve they're gonna distrust and then the whole thing's gonna break down very quickly yes and in a time when they where they need to believe and and i would argue need that in their life more more than ever but you have to give them something that's that's worth believing in <laughs> Well, Jim, that was I really blown away as always by our conversation. I really appreciate the tools and tactics. You know, as as leaders, I still think that concept of I need to figure this out, I need to have all the answers, I'm supposed to be a superhero is is as silly as it sounds when we say it here. I do believe, and a lot of my friends are in leadership roles. It's very real, and the, and the vulnerability to admit that you don't have the answers. That's like we're we're all not that good at that as humans. Sometimes some people are fantastic at it. I find most people I deal with, myself included, from time to time. I don't know. Can you help me? Those words don't maybe come out as often as they should. So I will definitely, I'm taking that away. And the hum, the being humili- being humble and not knowing you don't have the answer can actually prove you to be the leader even more than pretending you do. And that's an amazing uh, shift that I think is being held to task during these times more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jim, if someone is, is curious and inspired by our conversation, which I don't doubt they are, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, easiest is probably just either my email, Jim Donahue all one word at gmail.com uh, or welcome a phone call 403-608-9003 uh, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and there's lots of ways to find me 
Excellent. Yes. If, if there, where there's a will, there's a way. I love that there, there's, there's no reason these days not to be able to get a hold of someone. I love how open everybody is with the, the concept of putting their contact information out there. And never has the concept of you know, servant-based leadership been more prevalent. And I think you exemplify that. So thanks for sharing your wisdom today, Jim. I really appreciate our conversation as always. Yeah. I'll leave you one last gem, which says there's, there's no sense hiding or trying to hide when people can see you. You know, like <laughs> it's kind of foolish, and uh, you know, I'm out there and happy to help if there's any way that uh, that I can serve. I would encourage anyone who's even slightly curious or inspired at all to give you a call. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate our chat. My sincere pleasure. 